Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, ESPN LA. Uh, it is Friday. We are heading into the weekend. A lot to July twenty first. <laughs> yes. And tomorrow will be July twenty second. Yes. The aforementioned weekend. Mm-hmm. Um did, by the way, did you know that, that that's not the weekend is a guy. It's like it's a person. Yes. It's not a people. Yes. I only found that out of like two weeks ago. I find that totally believable. <laughs> I thought I just Real assumed, quick, Brian. Real I just quick. assumed the weekend was a bunch of people. No, no. It's it's, it's just a guy. It's what do you guy. call him? I do you call him like if I met him if we had him on the show, would I would we refer to him as the weekend. I, because if we refer to him as something else, nobody listening will know who he is. But like when you talk to him, do you say, "Hey, the weekend"? I would. Uh, it's probably <laughs> similar to Ice Cube, where after a while you just I call him Cube. Want, I wouldn't want to per- just call him Weekend. Yeah, you probably just call him Weekend. I wouldn't want a person like that as my friend. What? That's a, that's a. I don't know. That's a, that's a little bit informal, CJ. <laughs> we just we just met him for this interview. <laughs> well, when I mean, the New York Times, Mr. Write, Week, I when mean, the New York Times writes a story about him, do they call him Mr. The Weekend? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, he doesn't get the Mr. part. I just, I just didn't. I didn't. I only recently learned that. It's again <laughs> that it is totally believable. Really quickly, Brian, tell the Florida story. Okay. Yeah, this happened. So <laughs> this is as as ashamed as my wife has ever been of me. And let me tell you something, that's meaningful. So we're driving down the street, as we often do, and I look up at a billboard, and I look at my wife, and I look at the billboard again, and I say, who's Florida? <laughs> and the answer is... And it's is, not my fault, because the hyphen was too small. But the answer is... It, it was Florida. <laughs> right. Who's Florida? So now, you know, I, I just call him Florida. <laughs> If you don't see the hyphen, it's an easy mistake to make. And it it's Florida. It's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Florida. I believe, actually, uh, CJ, captain isn't a high enough rank. He's colonel or major. <laughs> if not why, a one-star why, well, why am I not a general? <laughs> if not a one-star general. Well, Ireland is the four-star. Well, Ireland is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but that's not <laughs> the point. And you know what? You know who else is way high? And just because you like hip-hop, I'm sorry, Mike Trudell. <laughs> All right, look, I like jazz, you know? I, I listen to Thelonious Monk albums. It doesn't mean I got street cred, clearly, as we've established. Mm-hmm. The Weeknd's a white guy, though, isn't he? Or is he a black guy? No? No. Stop talking. <laughs> Move it along. I should also point out, I'm very unfamiliar with his music. Uh Oh, I don't know if I know. I don't believe I know any of his songs. What do they sound like? What does this song sound like? There's no they. It's a guy. No, what do they? The songs. He's got more than one song. God, I don't want to. I don't want to sing the the biggest hit that I know. That's the. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Oh, that's him? Yes. Yeah, that's a black guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've heard that song. <laughs> well, n- well, now that we have confirmation. <laughs> now, what is that one about? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, oh, is that like a drug thing? I think so. Okay. Yes. See, that I get. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, well, but, 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 but again, Trudell... You know, you like Jay-Z, that does not mean, you know, you can hang out at the barbershop. Okay. All right. Well, then, congratulations. Maybe he Neither, outranks. He's just like me. Maybe he outranks you. Yes. <laughs> I think we've done good work here today. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. And <laughs> We'll see everybody next the weekend. Next the weekend. <laughs> All right. All right. So we got, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Um, I think I think one day we will all look back on the this last 10 minutes with shame. Or at least one of us will. Um, and uh, so we I got good. We've got KCP. We haven't really talked about him at all. Um, really more importantly than KCP is the press conference that introduced KCP. Uh, Andy, you were there. And so we'll talk about that. Um, we are going to get into some free agency stuff uh, in 2018, the whole Derrick Rose rumor, which is still swirling about. And actually, the context of that becomes very different based on the news 
um, that's just breaking today, thanks to Brian Windhorst. And then, of course, OJ was released from prison, or will be. He got his parole yesterday. Yes. Uh, in Nevada. And um, he's going to be walking around. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that. But let's let's open with the big news of the day. Brian Windhorst reporting that Kyrie Irving, point guard Cleveland Cavaliers, has told the team that he wants a trade. He just doesn't want to play with LeBron anymore, and he wants to be Andy the man. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he had a taste of it before. Yes. But I guess he's decided that he wants to go back to that buffet again. <laughs> once, Andy, once you get a chance to be the man under Byron Scott, it's hard to get that out of, you know, you, you that doesn't leave your Well, system. I believe it's, you know, three straight times he didn't make the playoffs in three years possible. Who can turn that down? Again? It should also be noted that in those moments, even playing with LeBron, um, when LeBron's not on the floor, Kyrie sort of becomes the man of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they collapsed. And they were terrible. Yes. Um, so I mean, you and I should both preface this. Neither neither one of us are oh, I think big, I think they got the point. Our big yeah. Kyrie guys. He's obviously a fantastic scorer. He may be the best finishing guard I've ever seen, certainly at his size. He's unbelievable. But when you take away scoring, even acknowledging that scoring matters. I don't think he brings a lot to the table no, on a regular I, basis. I don't. I don't think he's the. And I think in the new NBA, which isn't that new anymore, most I think there aren't a lot of teams that look at Kyrie and say that's the kind of winning guy that we can we want to put on our roster, and we're going to send out a bunch of probably. It takes a certain team because we drive. This happened while we were driving in, uh, on our way to the studio. And you start thinking about teams that it could work, and the the best teams in the league are not going to blow up their team to trade for Kyrie. San Antonio's not going to do it. That's Kyrie's not a pop guy. You know, Golden State has no need. Houston's got is set. I mean, you got to go further down the list before you get. You know, it's, it's teams like Phoenix that don't really have a star yet. Where you know it's nice to win a title, but eh, you know relevance will will do enough for them that. I just I don't see teams beating down the door for Cleveland, offering the kind of stuff that you would want for trading Kyrie Irving to get Kyrie Irving. I think I think it depends a lot on who the team is, like you said, and you know how much they need just a star of any kind in there. I mean, you know, for, first things first, just to keep things local before we take it even more local, you know, the, the Lakers are not going to be making an offer. No, I would find it stunning. I mean, well, look, you 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 well, two things here. First of all, you'd want Lonzo Ball. Right. And the Lakers, the way they play, aren't going to swap out Kyrie Irving for Lonzo Ball. And they're Ball. not going to give up Brandon Ingram. And the other problem is, if Kyrie doesn't want to play with LeBron... Exactly. So... And the Lakers, for the time being, remain in the LeBron biz, uh, LeBron James... And this is, business. by the way, this is... Well, it's potentially great news for the LeBron free agency 2018 thing, because it might even put Cleveland in a position where they have to trade him, although it is potentially bad news... Because depending on who they get back, let's say you do something with Phoenix, you get a draft pick, Josh Jackson, Eric Bledsoe is definitely going to go out in any kind of thing. When Cleveland plays really well and that works, you know, maybe now LeBron is happier there. I don't know, but it just was interesting because when I saw this, when I saw this news from Windhorse, my immediate reaction, like a lot of things, was snark, and I almost tweeted out. Kyrie for Dang, who says no, like as a joke, because obviously Dang is so much better than. Uh, I mean, Kyrie's, Kyrie's so much better, better than, than Dang, and the Lakers want to get rid of that contract. But then I thought about it like five seconds later. I'm like, you know what? The answer might be the Lakers. Like, for who they, where they are right now, it's an I interesting mean, they, thought experiment. Here's the thing. In a vacuum, I understand what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like, Obviously, they would say yes, but then you turn around and you just trade Kyrie for someone else. But, but the same problems yes. you mentioned before – and also, too, the idea of still keeping their cap space, keeping their cap space all empty for LeBron and other free agent X, that starts becoming more complicated. Even if you're just looking to flip Kyrie, it is. But it, this like, is, what, again, I, I almost put that out there, and I'm like, no, it's not the joke I thought it was. No, it's actually now a thought experiment. That's a thought experiment. I still um, it very similar to the thought experiment that I did yesterday on air with Michael regarding OJ, which I will get to uh, later in the show. Um, also, too, I want it to be known on the record because I'm I'm petty and vindictive. 
I put it out there a month ago on Twitter that the Cavs should have traded uh, Kyrie for Paul George straight up because Indiana's not turning that down. Probably not. And it, at the very least. Although they really liked Victor Oladipo. <laughs> <laughs> they really apparently had their hearts set. And then when you throw in Sabonis, Andy, how do you say no to that? I mean, at the very least, if you that might not keep LeBron in Cleveland, but it would be hard for him to say like he apparently feels right now, that they're not serious about making moves to make the team better. Yeah. I, I mean, if you sacrifice Kyrie Irving to bring in Paul George, it's hard for LeBron to look at that and at least not be saying, well, they're trying. I, I, this is one of those things that drives home the, the difficulty and some of the dangers that are inherent with the star-building thing, and when you're particularly when you're planning on doing it through free agency. And because everybody always says – just get the star, get the star, get the star, get the star. And if it doesn't work out, you can always just trade him. Well, no, you can't. It's not always easy to trade a star. You trade Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. You know, the Clippers ended up in a situation where they had to trade uh, Chris Paul. And I actually think they did okay in terms of filling, getting role players that will work around the other guys that they have. You know, Patrick Beverly's a good player. Lou Williams will help them, particularly now that, you know, Lou Williams is a better version than Jamal Crawford at this point in Jamal Crawford's career. You know, they got some Sam Decker might be a decent player. I like Harrell. Yes. So they did okay. No, actually, I think the Clippers, considering they were trading from an awful, awful position of advantage, I actually think did pretty well. They did better than Indiana. I mean, they, they were, if nothing else, they did better than they Indiana. They traded with a gun to their head with Chris Paul saying, I'm going to this team and this team only, whether you make this deal or not. You basically have about 24 hours to make it before I can just opt out officially and sign with as a free agent. Right. And so you, know, you look around, though, but it's, it's actually not easy to trade these guys. And they all make a lot of money, and who you get back matters and all that. So for the Lakers – you really, you do have to think about how you're constructing the roster and who's going to be on the team and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, that kind of leads into the next thing. And we'll get to, you know, more LeBron talk here in a second. I mean, I, I, I they'll trade him eventually, but I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. And if I were Kyrie. another GM, I don't I don't want him that much. I don't want to build my team around Kyrie Irving. Here's and he the- clearly wants to be. The guy. It's not Kyrie and. It's got to be Kyrie as the A, and then maybe you have a couple other guys. I don't want that. Doesn't sound appealing to me. Here's what's interesting, though. If they end up feeling like they need to make this move, do they consider trying to find a trade for LeBron? That's... because Yes, is is the short answer is yes. And I hope that's the answer because, my God... What you get for LeBron James, although LeBron James, who can walk and all right. that. But that's wanna, a fascinating question. I mean, look, if you can get Victor Oladipo, <laughs> <laughs> who might be. Look, I, Indiana loves him. But if it's LeBron, maybe. What if LeBron got traded to OKC? LeBron, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. And then they all stay there. (laughs) Or walk together. Or they all come here. Um, But but either way, I mean, that's going to be really interesting to see, you know, if if Cleveland decides that they need to make this move, even though Kyrie Irving, it should be noted, is under contract the next three years, so they don't have to do this. No. But they may may feel like, okay, Dan Gilbert has been making decisions like an owner that expects LeBron to leave. I was about to say, you could just trade LeBron and keep Kyrie could do that you could do that except i mean if they're confident in keeping Kyrie and, and they're confident that this isn't just about you know not wanting to play with lebron and or not the the fire policy at quicken loans sure. arena is strong because <laughs> <laughs> but wow but it, yeah that would be that would be an interesting way of handling it too is you know here's the guy that we know we can keep a few years here's the guy we think is leaving just straight just all, all i'm saying is state farm is like don't you bleep and dare because yeah. we're not paying out for that we know it's coming, and you do too, and don't you dare. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see exactly where Cleveland moves, uh, yeah. moves forward, but obviously, too, th- this, this has a ripple effect with LeBron oh, as well. Oh, massive, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so we, the, last week, the Lakers introduced KCP. It's yes. been uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. It's been, it was like you know, another week or so before that that they, they knew they were going to sign him one year, about $18 million. Um, Let's get to this part first. The player, good player, 
Oh, he's a good player. He's a good player. Solid guy. Good, good de- pickup. Yeah, good defensive player. Plays really hard. Runs the floor really well. He, I think, I think he is a good fit mm-hmm. for what they do. He's a streaky but sometimes effective shooter. He's not as good score. of a shooter as I think people kind right. of think. He, he takes a lot of three. Shot forty percent from the floor last year. Right, the floor, the whole yes, thing. The, yes, right. Thirty-five um, percent, which is a career high. Thirty-five uh, percent from three last year. Thirty-three percent for his career. Um, he took six a game, so he does, you know, there's all the stats about, you know, they call it gravity, how much you attract defenders. To some degree, it's as much about how many you take as how many you make. And so he took six a game last year. That will open the floor a little bit. So it makes a lot of sense there. He'll get to guard, he'll guard the best backcourt player. That'll help. It's a, it's a good, it's yeah. a, and it's one year. It's a and, great deal. And, you know, the, he, he's 24. He gets an opportunity to try to parlay into a bigger long-term deal. The Lakers get a good look at a, at a young player. What's crazy, too, by the way, 24 heading into his fifth season, which means he's not been in the NBA that long. Mm-hmm. As far as people we know will be in the rotation, he has he's like, the second most experience. He's like an OG. It's, it's Brooke Lopez. <laughs> And then KCP, because we don't know for sure that Corey Brewer will be in the rotation, and we don't know for sure that Dang will be. Yeah. Like, one or the other probably will, but we don't know which one. People forget Corey Brewer's on the team. Yeah, and by the way, he's actually... And, people, and I'm including myself. And a, Corey Brewer, by the way, you ask if he's going to... He, yes. Right now, he's going to play. You know, he, he, they don't have any other wings. He's you know They don't have a lot of guys who you know do that. I think he's going to play. I think he will, too. So, KCP is the third most tenured of guys that we know for sure will be in the rotation. That's yeah. crazy. He's 24. I also think you could also you could glue Brewer and Ingram together and just because <laughs> together they make like one person. Um, all right, so let's get past that for a second. We all agree, nice signing, yeah. whatever. Actually, the last time we recorded, we both were a little bit uh, disappointed that we, we thought a guy like KCP, the Lakers, wouldn't consider taking on because he would want uh, more years. Right, and at the time... It, it he hadn't like been he was, renounced yet. Right, he hadn't been renounced, and at the time it looked like he was going... Clearly, that's what he was waiting for, and it didn't come. And he's you know happy to do this again for the next, uh, next year. Um, the, the, the more interesting part, though, about the KCP signing was not actually signing KCP. It was the press conference that came after. Um, it contained, Andy... Every single one of what have become the hallmarks of a Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka press conference. Let's start with Rob Palenka calling him mana from heaven. He compared Contavious Caldwell Pope to the life-sustaining bread delivered daily by God to the Israelites as they walked through the desert and without which they would have died. Yeah, this was literally life-sustaining yes. bread life for sustaining a civilization bread. trying to survive affliction. Yes. Um, KCP is a good player. He's not that good. Well, okay, if he's that bread from heaven, like, what is Paul George? Jesus. <laughs> what is Westbrook? Jesus. What's LeBron? Like, he's all the gods Jesus, rolled into one. Jesus, two point is Zeus. <laughs> no, I mean, like, he's all G- of them. You know who he is? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just invented a religion. Yes. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> that guy, though, would be powerful. I mean, it, what couldn't he do? It's it's just <laughs> the, the the sounds a lot like Jeebus. The the evangelical talk that, that you've often phrased this as, and I think yeah. it's a very good way of putting it. He's a preacher, and you know, Palinka does that. He starts, you know, he starts every press press conference with a story um, that is ostensibly about the player, but really what it is is a way of just playing up that the magnificent heavens, you know, broke open, and that's how we ended up with player. I like- right. When he did the Brook Lopez, I mean, and I, there's a re- and I, this sounds, I mean, we're making fun of him. It sounds like we're making fun of him because, in fact, we are, but there's, there's a reason behind it, and I like, I very much like the messaging and what they're doing, and I'll explain in a second, but, like, they opened the Brook Lopez press conference, and he addressed it right away. Right, like, look, this is not about Palinka did. It's not about what expiring contracts. It's not about this. It's not about free agency. This is about Brooke Lopez and this amazing player that we got and the leader that we got and the things he's going to do and all of that. And all of the stuff he said about Brooke was absolutely true. There was nothing. He wasn't lying about any of it. But in point of fact, the trade was nothing about it was all about cap space. Everything 
the only the reason they did it was because Brook Lopez is twenty two. If Brook Lopez was a twenty two million dollar contract, and he was a serial killer, they still probably would have made the deal, as long as his contract came off the books for next year. That he's a good player and a good guy, it was incidental. But what it does is it focuses on the player and it talks about how good he and how much service. Like this, I thought this this quote from uh, from uh, Polenka during one of the broadcasts during Summer League, and they were on, one of the two of them was on every single day. Um, I thought this was interesting. You know, Magic and I, I think one of the first things we want to do, Jeff, is institute a culture of service. You know, for us to be a great team, we got we to, gotta, you know, serve the players well and make sure that they can pursue excellence and serve the agent community and the media community. So that was, that was the first thing we wanted to do, and I think my lens as an agent helped us there. And then the second thing is right. just- so he he goes on to talk about you know his where his experience as an agent helps, but even that has that kind of evangelical feel to it. You know, a, a call, the Lakers are here to serve the players. They're here to serve the the agents. They're here, and a he's strongly implying that the Lakers weren't doing that as well as they could have been. Um, but it's it's really it's a massively important thing to get. Like this this is where Phil Andy I think went wrong. In New York, Phil thought he was the show and the stuff was there to serve him. Palinka is sending the message that we are here for players. We are here for agents because you guys are the people with power. And then now they'll just arrange the chessboard accordingly. Yeah, I, I asked actually Magic after the KCP press conference. You know, He had a, his own scrum mm-hmm. uh, afterwards about just the relentless, you know, positivity the relentless messaging the flowery speak all all that stuff and in so many words and i mean that literally because my god magic he talks he's chatty he and palinka are in a lot of ways the polar opposite of mitch and jim (laughs) like you know mitch we're not even talking about competence you're just talking about yeah i mean mitch 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 would ramble but he certainly was not the same way as palinka and jim wouldn't talk mitch rambled Without saying anything, right? As a as a it was weaponized rambling. Right, exactly, it was a filibuster. It was exactly. And Palinka, even if you think what he's saying is BS, he's at least trying to say something. But I, I asked Magic about what they're doing and the and the in, intentionality of it, and he presented this as a mutual belief between him and Palinka that positive energy creates positive events, mm-hmm. and he basically framed it, you know going step-by-step, that positivity allowed them to keep their pick this time around, although I'd argue the league allowed them to. (laughs) That's just my opinion. I I think it's either – it's the league. I would would rank the league one, um, math two, and then positivity. Sure, but then uh, – And number four, Tyler Ennis. (laughs) Um, And then positivity put them in the place to draft ball. And then positivity allowed them to get feelers on D'Angelo. He said five teams called, and then they could get the best trade possible, which in part led to Kuzma, who they love. Josh Hart being available at the end of the first round to them, another positive event they did not expect to see happen. Then the KCP uh, situation. Most draft boards did. Sure. But, <laughs> That's but not... you never <laughs> Hey, look, look, don't let the details, don't let the fine points but that, but that's get in the way of you the know positivity. What, but, that, but that's important because part of the Lakers are doing some serious image rehab. And look, the one thing I will say, because we, we were, when they hired Palenka, one of the places you say, well, where does his agentness come in handy? Well, if anybody's going to understand what the reputation of the Lakers among players and agents around the league is, is it's an, uh, it's an agent. He knows what people say about the team, and they are trying really hard to correct it. And, you know, the best guys make the the players and the agents feel like they are in control, in point of fact, because they are. But, you know, if you want these guys to be sitting here and spending the next year talking about coming here and joining up and playing for the Lakers and all this stuff, Andy, you have to have, you have to show them that there's something worth coming to. And right now they still can't quite do it on the floor although Lonzo and, and what they're seeing, Ingram, it's helping, 
But it's they have to sell it, and they are great salesmen, and Mitch and Jim were terrible And by salesmen. the way, with that great salesmanship, and this was extremely important because, and we, we need to make sure we note this, KCP is a Rich Paul client. And Magic, yeah. John, Magic Johnson, yes. before, before KCP even began to speak, Magic Johnson went out of his way to describe Rich Paul as KCP's, quote, incredible agent. Uh, Rob Palinka thanked Rich Paul as well. You know, I think even before thanking uh, KCP's family, which, by the way, is the correct order to go. <laughs> and, you know, this I would say this is, if, if I may paraphrase uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, ABT always be tampering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what we saw, what we saw was tampering. In plain sight, yes, and, and, the, and the, laying, the legal kind, la- the legal kind, laying down the groundwork. Uh, R- Rob Palinka relaying how Rich Paul admired the way that they had been, as he said, patient with their cap space this season. Didn't have to note it, but they've been pretty patient with it. next seasons as well. You know, they talk about KCP, but then they also talk in in describing why this would be a good fit for KCP, and you know, maybe maybe beyond. You know, maybe re-signing him. You just have to be talking about what the what the future right. holds for the team next year. And Rich Paul goes back and he talks to LeBron. LeBron right. asks, "Hey, what's what's it like in the building these days?" Exactly. And, you know, so I mean, this all this stuff matters. And I will continue to make fun of Palinka for how he talks, and I will joke. We will, we will joke about Magic and just sort of the you know, the the lengths he goes. Because literally, it's fun, and we need because material. right, and this is what we do. But in point of fact, what they're doing is incredibly smart. And yes, it is. And it's been yes, it very is. effective. Yeah. The way people talk about the Lakers, when you, you the, all the national conversation, you hear Stephen A. Smith, you hear you know, the SI guys, you hear the Fox guys, ev- everyone talks about the Lakers differently now. And that is step one to getting to step two, three, four, five, which is getting these guys to show right. up. And look, we have no idea if this is actually going to end up getting the desired result next no offseason. You know, Paul Paul George, who knows, could decide to stay in OKC with Russell Westbrook if they have a great season. LeBron could decide to go to Miami, whatever. But you have to grade the methodology. Yeah. And right now, I mean, and you and I both had some questions about, you know, Putting two people at the highest position. Right. You were really, oh, yes. really nervous. Right? I, far, I was, I've been, I've been but probably far, more comfortable than sure. you. Sure. But as far as having, you know, being as inexperienced in this particular job, I have to say, thus far, in in this particular realm, I think they're both doing really well. Um, interesting thing happening in New York where, you know, Mello is now, you know, says he still expects, this was reported this week, he still expects a trade to happen. He still expects to go to Houston. But the... Uh, the guys in Portland are making a pitch for him. Damian Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum have both been actively recruiting Mello to try to get him to come to Portland. Not going to happen, probably, in part because Mello would have to waive his no-trade clause specifically to go there. That takes him much further away from his family. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just unlikely. That said, what I what struck me as important about this is the Lakers have – cleared the space they're doing the tampering that they're allowed to do like you just mentioned andy they've got the 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 things where the players can talk to each other the agents can talk and all that what the lakers don't have yet though it seems like is the guy on the team now who can call up paul george send lebron a text whatever it might be and be taken seriously because, I mean, listen to Magic talking about Lonzo Ball, for example, and tell me if you don't think that they're making Lonzo central to the pitch that they're going to make free agents next summer. Of course, free agents are excited. Look, he can, he makes the game easy for you. How many layups did Kuzma average a game? Three? Or dunks or layups? A game, at least three. All he has to do is get out on the wing. It's there. I mean, again, that's what you want. You want a guy who can make the game easy for you. All right, so that's Matt. That was at the KCP press conference. I think, you know, that you, you heard him say that. You know, Lonzo's central to the pitch. Can Lon- when is Lonzo going to be able, though, to call up Paul George? 
call up LeBron. He's only 19. Where, you know, can B.I. do that with anybody else? When does that happen? Because it's the one ingredient of the free agent pitch thing that the Lakers don't have. I think they're a, a solid year away from it, though. I, I think they're a solid year. I mean, maybe if, if Brandon Ingram and Lonzo both have really, really strong years, you know, like strong enough that Lonzo – gets close to enough popular votes to get voted in the All-Star, you know, somewhere Which, where he's... by the way, could happen. I, I don't disagree. That's why I brought it up. You know, I, I don't think it is impossible, given the hype and given the Lakerness of it all, that at the very least, Lonzo's going to have a good showing in the votes, especially because it's the All-Star game, and his game and is perfect. And it's here. It's here, but more importantly, for anybody watching it wherever, Lonzo is perfect for an All-Star game. He will have 48 assists in that game. The guy right now, but I think otherwise, I don't think either one of them have the juice to really make that call. Like, you know, I mean, I think LeBron would maybe return the text or, you know, return the call. Whatever. Right, but I mean, but but I mean as far as it having They don't have juice, the juice to, to, to be the guy who recruits a guy like that. For LeBron specifically, I actually think the guy with the juice, and I don't know if it matters to him or not, is KCP. Because they share an agent. They're both part of the Rich Paul family. I mean, and he's been in the, he's been in the league a little while. At the very least, he could be like he could tell him what's going on. That that's the guy that, off the top of my head, strikes me as the one having yeah, the I, juice. I, I if anybody, I don't think I don't but think, I think any of them. But, but, but KCP is not going to be on the team next year. We, well, you highly, never know. It is unlikely. It's unlikely that KCP is on the team. It, next it's year. it's unlikely. very unlikely. It's unlikely if this plan works. If this plan works, it, and he really even if it doesn't, it's it's unlikely. But still. You know, like if you're talking about somebody that you know maybe, maybe LeBron would if nothing else just every now and then hit up for insight on the team, or, you know like just sort of hit up on a run you know a running diary of what's going on with the Lakers, what it's like over there, you know or or get it through Rich Paul, you know KCP may be that connection whether whether KCP is a willing partner in all this or not. <laughs> Tie him down in a chair. Um, but to answer your question, no, I don't I, think yeah, they have that. So the other half of that is how much does it matter? Because we saw, I mean, James Harden is it Lavar? James it might be. James Harden had Chris Paul in Houston. And I'm sure you know there was other stuff going on, but James Harden had Chris Paul in Houston before, theoretically, they were even allowed to talk to him. So you know, all this stuff was worked out three days before Houston. Like they had a contract ready to go, and all this stuff days before Houston was even allowed to talk to Chris Paul. So you know, and that's the, because James Harden's James Harden, right? The players, you know, got together and decided they wanted to go to Miami, and that had something. You know, Dwayne Wade is already down there, and he's making the pitch, and guys are already figuring out. So if the Lakers don't have that guy. I actually think it, it's not catastrophically bad, but it is a significant disadvantage because now you're talking about two guys who aren't here having to having to decide that they want to come here without the guy on the roster to sell them. And I, I, I it's not if Paul George and LeBron what decide if LeBron decides he wants to come, he'll find a guy. But it's a disadvantage. Sure, it matters. I, I would agree. Um, all right, so to recap, neither one of us know where the hell you trade Kyrie. Um, I just saw a tweet from uh, Chris Haynes, ESPN Zone. Uh-huh. ESPN sources on the Kyrie Irving front, Cavs were given four preferred landing spots. New York could all right could potentially facilitate a mellow deal. You sure? Miami, that would be interesting. Miami. Yeah, that was a name. That's always a name. They San Antonio. There. No. Minnesota. They just signed Jeff Teague. I'm just telling you what he's. I yeah. mean, just, the reason I say Minnesota is more just the idea of anybody requesting to go to Minnesota. Yeah, lets you know In the Timberwolves itself, are doing strange. some good things. Um, but he's not going to be the. I mean, does he think he's going to show up in Minnesota and be the man there? He ain't better than Carl Anthony Towns. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't want a. I don't like the guy who says who's playing on a championship caliber team who is upset because he's not the man. You know you just described Kobe, right? Yes. <laughs> and you know what? That was problematic when he did it. It sure was. And you know who, but you know who was significantly better than Kyrie Irving has Kobe. ever been? Kobe, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kobe, I mean, right. you are correct that it might not be a good look, at least in a vacuum, but if anybody deserves to have a bad look and can pull it off better, it's Kobe right, or Kyrie. But, but Kobe, 
Kobe had at least earned three Kobe, titles. Right, along earned the, way. the right to be to sort of want to be the guy on a team and because hard- he was one of the five best players right. in the league. And he's hardly the only guy who's had problems playing with Shaq. Right. So I mean, I don't. He's not I, even the only guard who's had problems. It, it's playing more like with Shaq. LeBron playing somewhere sure. and being like, you know what, you know, I know this isn't. Qu- I want my own team. I, I okay, I get that. Sure. All right. So I'm, I'm just laughing just because you sort of walked into it. I did. But, but, but uh, I will defend. No, but you're, noted, you're correct. Noted, you know, capital letters, noted Kobe haters. I, I don't blame Kobe. No, no. And, and again, Kobe had far, far more ground to stand on. And even making a claim you might think is unreasonable or ungrateful yes. than Kyrie ever did. Ever has or ever will. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, we don't know exactly what you do there. The... Uh, the 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 proselytizing on the part of Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson for the Lakers continues and has been very successful. And the weekend is one guy. Uh, Derek Rose has been the the rumors broke yesterday, and all of this, by the way, could have significant impact on what you know, depending on how fast the Kyrie thing goes. Uh, the two teams in the market for Derek Rose: the the Cleveland Cavaliers, who might need him a lot more now, and the Lakers. And Set aside for a second how fast this could happen. It could all be done by the time we're done here. Philosophically, I don't... Derek Rose, by the way, it should be noted, had a th- reportedly a three-hour meeting with the Lakers. Yes. Ian Clark only got 45 minutes, according to, to Mark Medina of the Daily News. Um, but let's just say, you know, the Lakers are obviously very interested. This is the one place, the way they've talked about the backup point guard thing is the one place this summer where I keep looking at them because even the, uh, the 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 D'Angelo trade, which makes me uncomfortable in some ways, I at least get, and their logic seems sound, and their confidence helps sell the trade. They seem kind of obsessed with having not just a veteran point guard who can mentor Lonzo and whatever, but a name brand, and it's the it's the name brand part that I don't get because. Rondo, particularly, and certainly Derrick Rose, do not fit what the Lakers are trying to do philosophically. No, Derrick Rose uh, shot 21% from three last year. He's a career 30% shooter rounding up. He had the lowest defensive rating on the Knicks last season, which says something. His assist numbers are down. you got to damn from, near stand still defensively to be the worst defensive right. player. His in the assist game. numbers are down from his heyday um, on the Knicks, despite the fact that he's he wasn't playing that you know little of minutes. He's playing, I think, about 32 minutes a game. 32 minutes a game. You know, his teammates' assist numbers are going down while he teammates being assisted go down while he's on the floor. His VORP was a 0.0, which to me means <laughs> basically he's an average player in the aggregate. Yes. I mean, like, you know, he can get to the rim. He is good at that. He is a good Score. He actually, from a pure scoring standpoint, had a pretty good season last year. Not only did he have a good, this is probably his best year since the knee injuries. But overall, as a fit to me, he doesn't make any sense. And more importantly, Derrick Rose is going to be 29 in like a few months. This coming season is probably his last opportunity to get like a long-term deal of significance, which means he's going to want to play a lot. And that could be problematic as the backup spot on a team with a few guards that you know are going to play. Unless Jordan Clarkson's getting moved and we don't know about it. Right. That would make sense. But if Jordan Clarkson is on the team and people are saying, well, you know, now you can move Jordan Clarkson. Okay, fine. But he's he's here now. And I I think it's easy to over. I I like the, the the Clarkson contract's fine. What he does is fine, whatever. I think it's easy to overestimate how many other people want Clarkson or need him. If you have a sixth man in your backcourt, you probably don't need Jordan Clarkson. No. But so you have that. I agree. You can't put a guy on the team right now who expects to play 25 to 30 minutes if you think you want your young guys to play. And I understand the Lakers don't have a draft pick this year. They're not going to be tanking at all that. Nor should they. They're still, though, they're still in a developmental stage. And you still want to try to get guys on the floor who are going to be part of this, at least in theory, going forward. That means you need to make sure you're or just not... or just the best guys who fit the system to help sure. develop the guys who will be around. But but like whether me, you think KCP is going to be around for the long haul or not, I think fits he fits with their much doing. better. But you need I just I feel like you need to make sure that you're not squeezing Josh Hart all the way to the developmental league. Just because you know you're trying to win one or two more games with Derrick Rose, the only argument I think you could make, and I don't agree with it, but at least I understand it, is if 
the idea is you're trying to make Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball look as appealing as possible, putting quote unquote better players around them. And I don't necessarily think Rondo or Rose qualify in anything other than name, but by putting better players around them, they'll look better on the floor and maybe that will make them look more attractive. Whereas if you have a bunch of young guys, it's going to look more raggedy and players won't, you know, because they're not paying super close attention to everything, won't find the Lakers as appealing. That's the only argument I can make, and I don't necessarily think it's a good one, for trying to shoehorn in a person like like Rose who wants to play 25 or 30 minutes a night, as opposed to finding a a 17-minute-a-night backup, who, by the way, can be a veteran mentor if that's important to you. Well, I mean, okay, it should be... Marcelo Huertas, he could, could teach Lonzo Ball stuff. Well, I mean, Jose Calderon could have done it. I, I tweeted out before, like, and I want to preface this because we'll get into it later. I'm, I don't think the whole veteran, you know, veteran point guard addition is necessary to begin with. Andy, who runs the team? That's my point. <laughs> you have Magic Effin Johnson running basketball ops. I don't think I don't think some fans realize how much Magic is going to be in Lonzo's ear. All season. Every flipping day. He's going to be in Lonzo's ear constantly. And let me tell you something. If Magic is mentoring Lonzo, nobody else you bring in will have a voice that matters. It will not matter at all. Frankly, because you don't want to get in the way of that. Right. But I mean, but who whose advice are you going to take over Magic? Like, who are you going to blow off Magic for? You know, because because Rajon Rondo says you ought to do it this way. But more importantly, like those guys, like what is Derrick Rose going to teach Lonzo about the way that the Lakers want to play? Right. He doesn't play that way. Neither does Rondo. No, I mean, you know, if you really want mentoring, I guess closer to the court, you know, from a guard, Brian Shaw had three championships with the Lakers as you know a combo guard. He can provide useful info. You know, guys, guys like Corey Brewer will be good mentors. Brooke Lopez will be. You don't have to be position exact. I mean, Roni Turioff used to talk to us about how one of his biggest mentors when he was early in the league was Aaron McKee. I mean, you couldn't have found two different players. McKee didn't even play. He was always hurt. It was hard to find Aaron McKee. Right, but but (laughs) Roni will swear that Aaron McKee was a huge, huge influence on him early in his career. So, I mean, I don't think you need that, but I mean, like, you need to you need to at least find the right fit. Like somebody like Brandon Jennings, I think you can make an argument is not as good as Derrick Rose. Probably not. But he's a better fit for what. And I don't even think they need to bring in Jennings. I'm just saying if if, if you're you going want a to, guy people have heard of, right? If, or if you just want a veteran, if you want a guy who's been in the league for a while, you know Jennings is more pass first than Rose. He's a better shooter. They're both a defensive wash that won't help you. And I think Jennings is going to be more content playing 18 minutes a night. So yeah, we'll see what they do yeah, with, those with last. the qualifier of. I don't think I'd sign either one. I don't think I don't, and I don't think it's that important. And you know, I, no, and it just it just bring back Jordan Farmer. <laughs> like I mean, seriously, one thing you just one thing that's In important. Luker, boys. I think that they I don't want them to lose touch with is that it is a de, still a developmental year and long term playing time for the young players. Hopefully, either makes them more marketable, easier to trade, gives them value, whatever they need. These are the guys who, in theory, the free agents are going to come join. Well, it's also too. I mean, it, it is. That's my point. It's so easy to get caught up in you know the the next summer game, you know the off the mm-hmm. off season 2018 game. As you said, the, the development matters. Yep, and you can't lose sight of it. Uh, Ian Clark, if he were available, I'd bring him in in a heartbeat. Yeah, sure, I'd do a year for Ian Clark, but I mean, and he'll only do that. If he can't do better than one year, the four million that they were going to give Which Derrick Rose su- seems surprising to me, but you never know. If I were him, and that's all I got to go back to Golden State. Um, all right, so Andy, this happened yesterday. I'm not a guy who lived a criminal life. Sorry, Mr. Simpson. I do vote to grant parole when eligible, and what that will conclude this hearing. Thank you. Thank you. I kind of spoiled the reveal there by clicking the wrong button. Well, we we had already told Triple that he got paroled. <laughs> by the way, if you don't know by now, I'm not taking responsibility for the spoiler alert. So OJ has, has been paroled. Um, he said something. For, uh, first question, right decision by the parole people? 
uh, based on the information, right, the rules that, and right, well, the information yeah. that we've heard that he, you know, he apparently was a terrific prisoner, commissioner uh, of the softball league. <laughs> yes, the, I mean they're going to have to find somebody new now. He is their Rob Manfred. Um, it seemed like the correct decision. Yeah. I mean, as as understandably distasteful as it will be to see a guy that most people think committed double murder, like basically everybody but Marcellus thinks that he did this. <laughs> I don't even think Marcellus thinks he did it. He and, just should have gotten off. And a Sometimes it seems like Marcellus thinks he has his doubts. And also somebody that we know on on a regular basis used to beat up his wife before. A lot of people think killing her. None of that has anything to do with the parole decision, nor should it. Right. They weren't allowed. I mean, they legally were not allowed to take that into consideration, but it was a surreal thing. And again, they and they shouldn't be able to. No, and I agree with you. It was a surreal thing, though, to listen to him, though, because uh, Twitter was going crazy because a lot of people kept you know saying that they thought he was going to talk his way back into prison. I, I thought that was an overreaction, but he says things like this. I'm not a guy who lived a criminal life. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty straight shooter. Uh, um, I've always tried to be a good soldier. At least he didn't make a knife reference. He also said this. I'm not a guy that has conflicts on the street. I don't expect to have any when I, when, when I leave here, but I feel that I'm much better prepared, but more so because uh, I thought I was a good guy. Uh, I had uh, some problems with uh, fidelity <laughs> in my life, but I've, I've always been a guy that pretty much got along with everybody. Chuckle, chuckle. And he also said this. I realized in my nine years here that I was a good guy on the street, but I could have been a better Christian, and my commitment to change it was to be a better Christian. Yes, his basic problem is he just wasn't a good enough Christian. There was a, a shocking lack of self-awareness to the broader context, Not again, not just of the alleged double murder but of all the other stuff it's much more than the 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 wife beating and the the things that are are more documented that though by the way has been that's been oj though because when oj ended up getting acquitted for the double murder charges we saw oj you know in between that time of the acquittal and when he eventually was sent to prison you saw oj doing things that reflected a lack of self-awareness you know writing that book if i did it yes you know the the uh prank show that he was a part of where he you know pantomimed kill you know making stabbing motions i mean the, the these are you know these are all things oj did that you know often frankly happen a lot with people who have been insulated by celebrity for a long long time it's a combination of a, 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 a constant need to be part of the spotlight mm-hmm. which i think he has yes and also uh, it, 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 the ability to talk yourself into positions, as you know, is it George Costanza who said it's not a lie yes. if you believe it? I actually think at this point he's kind of convinced himself that, well, I, yeah, I didn't really do it because. X, well, I mean, y, look, he, about four, three or four years after OJ was acquitted, it was in 1998. Uh, Esquire did a profile of OJ that I've never forgotten because it was a fascinating and frankly chilling read but he was talking about the double murders and he claimed as he said over and over I didn't do it but then he said um and I'm paraphrasing a bit unfortunately but it's it's the same effect he said that if I had done this it would have been because I loved her so much right right and in reading, that's what I'm saying like he's he's built up the 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 out he has but he's also I think just convinced himself that he did not do this because that is what he needs to do to, you know, to get through life. And in the meantime, too, like when we're talking about the way you can be insulated by celebrity, you know, one of the, the one quote of the, you put out on Twitter, even if I did do this, I would have had to it would have had to have been because I loved her yes. very much. Right. Yeah, That was a direct quote yeah. from the Esquire profile. Um, we were talking about the insulation of celebrity and, you know, a commonality that often happens to people that lack awareness from that is. You have the hanger-ons and the yes people that never give it to you straight, you know, never tell you what you don't want to hear. And if you are a hanger-on for O.J. Simpson, it's clearly like you are not. Like, but you're clearly not in the business of telling somebody no, the but, truth. No, but, but that's also like you can accuse certain people who attached themselves to the Trump campaign before anybody knew he was going to be president. 
people in this category. Just like, hey, I'm just going to take a flyer on this guy, or I want to be around the rich guy. He'll he'll reward me for this at some point later down. Even if he doesn't win, he'll still remember I was his guy. And now, the, you know, the White House is filled with these types of people to the detriment of the country because we need uh, better people around the president. But the those people are of a much higher class. Even though I don't like a lot of them. They're still better. There's a better caliber of person than the type of person who's going to be an OJ hanger on her. I, I see your face, and, I, and I, I don't mean this to say that like as an endorsement of some of these people. What I'm saying is the type of people who are going to attach themselves to OJ are, if you consider the real housewives of Orange County to be the top end of the schlocky, awful TV, like these people are not really people I want to be around, but these are, like, they're better still as human beings and, and people than go eight or nine rungs, ten rungs down the reality TV show ladder, and you find some really, really ridiculous folks. I mean, you, you bring and up— So he's not going to get a lot of good guidance, I well, think, is I, what you're getting at. Well, no, he's definitely not going to. And you raise, just by bringing up the Real, high, real Housewives of Pick Your City, the, the question of what becomes of O.J.'s life moving forward. And, you know, there had been speculation before— about, you know, a reality TV show, you know, like a reality show about OJ on parole, like a reality show about OJ readjusting. And I really wonder, like, would a would a production company do this? Will a network put this on air? Like when Judith Regan agreed to do that, if I did it book, the book ended up canceling and she got fired from whatever publishing mm-hmm. company it was like the bat. The backlash for this will be massive. And I also wonder, too. Will people actually watch it? Because, it, because look, I, I know there's a fascination about OJ, and we, we saw the documentary, sure. and we saw the FX show. But it's one thing in the documentary, even with 10 hours of a documentary, when you know you're just watching footage. And it's another thing when you're watching a series and feeling entertained by watching Cuba Gooding Jr. play OJ. You still know it's Cuba Gooding Jr. And you're all, but also too, you're reliving. There's for people of our approximate age. You're 45. I'm 41. Um, you know, if you were alive in this time, you know, and old enough to remember, I was here. Right, I was here when the Bronco I, I know, chase right, happened, and I know where I was when the Bronco chase happened. It was, just, it was a, a friend's place, and we all were watching it. And I was in my Venice Beach place, and so this is one of the most, if not the most significant collective cultural moments for anyone of our approximate age. Yes. And so that's part of the reason the fascination exists. And it's also one of the last communal, genuinely communal experiences where everyone saw the Bronco chase. Everyone saw some of, maybe not all of it, but people watched the trial. Everyone watched the verdict. And it was at a time before cable divided the 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 viewing it was before the internet, the internet and it was social before media social media divided, divided it up and all these other things and compartmentalized all this stuff and then so you combine that with then now you know oj became you know this sort of seminal moment for people uh you know of our age and then he becomes a pop culture reference and now he's part of this documentary he's part of this tv show so oj is a cultural you know flashpoint that's why people watch the shows and can be but the next part of it it's not going to be interesting what oj does next is almost certainly going to be boring and just you know what i don't know i don't know if it would i don't think it's i don't think it'll be interesting it may or may not be interesting i just think it will be uncomfortable to a point that i don't think people will be able to watch i mean like that part i don't i just i don't i don't think they'll People I actually watch things that they shouldn't or that are that make them but, feel but dirty. This, but this it's one thing to watch things that, that make you feel dirty because most people put that with just trash crap reality TV. You know, people say, you know, I just watched Real Housewives of Blank and I need a shower. You know, something like that. It's another right, but you don't really you don't really need one. No, sure. You watch the OJ series, you may really need a shower. No, but not no, not it depends. I mean, which OJ series are you talking about? I'm talking about this, this one that this, I'm talking Right, this hypothetical OJ reality show. And I don't know if people are really going to be up for forcing themselves into that type of shower. Maybe. I mean, when you're, when you're actually watching OJ cash in, in, really, on the notoriety 
that he has for killing two people. You know, for that, for that, for the allegedly killing two people. For the right, I, no, I, I, I think the the thing like that will keep, if he no, had, I, if I he had gone if OJ had gone to jail without the the double murder attached to him. Nobody would have cared that much when he got out. And he certainly wouldn't be getting a reality show upon getting out. Nobody cares that no, much. No, if he had gone for whole, you know, for if he had gone for that robbery, tax fraud, or well, something. whatever. If he had gone for that robbery, but there wasn't it. There wasn't the narrative attached to him oh, with the double. Murder. Sure, of course not. Right, but I think the idea of really watching at that point, you know, you are watching, and I am a part of OJ cashing in on beating a double murder rap. I don't know if people will really tune in for that. I really uh, don't. I, I don't know if they would or wouldn't. I think the thing that will probably keep that from happening, honestly, is that's the kind of, of income that he gets that would be immediately subject to the civil suit. Where they can't touch his pension. Uh, he gets a pension from the NFL the NFL, and from SAG-AFTRA. And they, they can't get either one of those. And I think it's worth about $25,000 a month. He can live very comfortably for the rest of yeah. his life on that. Um, and so anything else that he does the the Goldman family and the Brown family can take uh, and should. So I, I think that'll keep everyone. What, what I find fascinating is just the idea, because I think we were talking about it yesterday, and Michael and I, Michael Thompson and I, um, and he was saying, like, he had heard about, like, a, a would, we, he asked me the question, would you watch a show where it's, like, him and Casey Anthony? And, like, the, the premise of the show is what it is to be a person who's out there and, you know, has to overcome the stigma of being getting off on murder charges or whatever. And my answer to that is no, I would not watch no. that show. But it is a strange thing, without a doubt. I put a poll out. It is a strange thing to walk around and know that the first thing, OJ's done a lot of stuff. But I put out in the poll, when you think of OJ, what is the, the first thing you think of? Killed two people or anything else? Got acquitted. Um, you know, unlawfully, undeservedly accused, Heisman Trophy winner, Nordberg. USC, Nordberg. I mean, Hertz guy, superstars competitions. The year he did on Monday, OJ's done. There are other the field the love boat. I'm sure. Sure, the field contains <laughs> yes. a lot oh. of stuff. Brentwood, just the city of Brentwood. Former member of the Brentwood Beautification Committee. I don't know. Whatever it is, the field, all of it. What do you think the results of the poll were? I'd go 89%. 85-15. Killed two people. Yeah. That is the thing. To walk, I, and it would take a special kind of person, and I think OJ actually is this guy, to not internalize that. Like, I don't think he, I think he is just, I, I think he's the kind of guy that just looks through that. Well, he, but he, just think about that for a second. Like, we're eight, the nine out of ten people that you see, the first thing they think of when they think of you, there goes the guy who killed two people. Yeah. That is a weird way to, I have no sympathy, but I just, it, 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 it's, it's a weird thing. And if nothing else, it's the one thing that I would be curious about just to ask him. Well, I mean, that's, that's about. the blinders of insulation that we talked about earlier. And, he, you know, he's had a lot of people enabling that. You know, he said during his parole hearing, believe it or not, I have a lot of friends. And I actually don't doubt him. I mean, it may not be the way you or I define friends, but if, he, if OJ manages to find some type of life after this, where, you know, like I'm sure he's going to be on the golf course a lot, easy jokes aside, you know, looking, nowhere, for, he's look, got nowhere else looking to go. for the real killers. He's got nowhere else to go. And if he's there a lot and finds people to play with him, or if he ends up, you know, at restaurants, you know, with people actually there, like it really will speak to just, I guess, in, in a warped way, the charmed life that he's had, just in terms of being able to even pull that off. And just, I guess, you know, the the inherent likability and charm that a lot of people still see in OJ. So I, I think it's more fame than anything. It, people just or fame, like, but, people like but, being around but fame. The, but the difference, though, is, like, I, I was thinking about, and I remember you and I happened to be doing either Mason Ireland, Thompson Trudell, one or the other, when the news of Aaron Hernandez's suicide mm -hmm. broke out. And my immediate thought at the time, and this ended up getting supported by, among people like Dan Wetzel at Yahoo, who's done a terrific job covering the Hernandez situation. Like, Aaron Hernandez, I think, recognized, you know, even with the idea that he was going to try to uh, have, have an appeal on the first uh, conviction and that the second one got tossed out, 
his life was over. Like it, his life on the outside. Yeah, I think that's why he was went over. even more kind of deeper into that. His life you know, was thing, over. Like that if, if Aaron Hernandez gets out of prison, nobody's ever hiring him to do anything. Right. Nobody is ever going to be around him. And even the idea of like having his daughter as something to live for, as awful as this may be to say, Aaron Hernandez's daughter, her life is a hundred times more complicated if Aaron Hernandez is in her life. Like she's not going to be able, she's not going to be able to make friends. Like no no parent with even a shred of responsibility is going to allow their children to play at Aaron Hernandez's house. I mean, it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, the reality of it is she'd be long grown and all that kind of stuff, or the grandkids, whatever it is. But I, I understand your point. But no, but I'm saying, if he, got, if, he, I'm saying if he got out on a PO, like if, say, oh, I see if, what you mean. Like for some reason, he got out quickly. No, I'm saying, you right. know, because there, there have been, there no, have been talk that he might actually sure. be able I see to. What you, right. I see what you mean. And some people, that's why some people thought it was surprising that he killed himself because it seemed like he had this, like, all of a sudden glimmer of hope. And I think he saw it as. What hope for what? Mm-hmm. Like hope. What am I That's going to end up stepping into? In the meantime, what happened? The people that I actually love, whoever Aaron Hernandez is capable of loving, their lives become worse for him being in them. And if if OJ manages to actually have something even remotely resembling a normal life after this, I mean, it just speaks to this very singular existence that is O.J. Simpson. It's weird. Um, all right, well, it's October 1st. If you're you know, looking for O.J. Day, that will be the next time we spend a lot of time talking about O.J. Um, what happens after, though, how much time we spend on him, I don't think it'll be that much unless he ends up back in prison or violating his parole, which I guess is possible. Look, the temptation for him to do things that would land him back in prison is going to be there a lot. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, that's, that's, that's all. Uh, we'll see what happens. You're you're going on vacation next week, so yes, we, probably, we won't record uh, until so we'll have about a week off, and we'll come back after that. But until then, uh, everybody enjoy uh, your the weekend.